Let the church say amen. I repeat, let the church, let the congregation, let the choir, let the dudes who collect the money in the place say amen. Welcome to the Greatest Voice Podcast. Shout out to every single soul that is listening to me live, that is partaking in this amusement, in these great sounds, in this melody that is the Greatest Voice Podcast. And we shall commence this podcast, as we have commenced every single episode in the recording history of this podcast, with a quote to a song, to a ballad, to a melody, did really to have me in my feels as I awoke this morning. And I think the song we shall start with today, and I've quoted this song I think a few times, but I've quoted different verses of it. I'm going to quote Stay Down by Brent Fias. Brent Fias is a young R&B artist from Washington, D.C. I am particularly a fan of his music because he makes, you know, he makes traditional sounding R&B, early 2000s kind of John B combined. Like if John B had a baby with Joe, they had a song, they had a song, they had a song baby together, a love child. And, you know, we're not at the point where two grown men can, can, can interact sexually and produce a child. But if they did, Brent Fias would be the outcome. And the song that I'm going to quote is called Stay Down. And the verse that I love from that song, this is my favorite verse from that song, honestly. It's the part when the song part in the song where Brent says, he goes, Girl, you are the vision. You are the epitome. You are the vision of what I like. And I promise I'll be yours. That verse in of itself, you're the vision of what I like. And I promise I'll be yours. Think about that. Like, you know, it's a lot of times you hear songs like in rap songs, EDM songs. She's a bad light skin. B word. She got fat teeth and I'm an effort. But it's some, it was just something really profound about that verse to me when he says that, like, you're the vision of what I like and I promise I'll be yours. And it's not just going to be a one way ticket where you're the one who's the beautiful one. You're the one who who is a nurturing balm to me when I'm going through my struggles in life. I promise to be whatever it is that you need to desire. And right after that verse, he also says, tell me your goals and your stro- tell me your goals and your problems. I'll be more than the man for you. I'll be your friend. Come here and love me down. That verse, shout out to Brent Fias. I love his voice. I love his pen. He is he is the he is the tenth muse. Like, God bless Brent Fias. Like that's that that verse just really touched me in a, in a very very um it touched me in a soft spot it touched me in a private area it touched me right here your honor <laughs> so it was a good verse but how are you doing today how are you doing how are you feeling this evening how are you feeling this morning how are you feeling this afternoon whatever space at the time zone that you inhabit what is going on with you um we have some very serious topics to discuss to digest to divide to Inter- I'm trying to use all these two, three syllable words. I'm in my Webster's Dictionary bag right now. I low-key feel a certain type of way because it's like this weird Twitter campaign about how trash my voice sounds and how I don't pronunciate and speak good English, apparently. I don't speak the Queen's English. You know, let half, let three-fourths of Twitter tell it I speak the Joker's English. And I feel a certain type of way about that, brother. I feel like when it comes to the speaking of words of our language, of the colonizer's language that was forced upon me and my people 400 years ago, I feel like I I enunciate, articulate, and eloquate that third that third verb. I don't even know if that's the actual word, but I just created because I'm a boss like that. I feel like I eloquate pretty well. I think it's low cute. I think I was just trying to say low cute. I don't know. Anyway, with that being said, abortion, killing babies. Let's talk about it. Um, I'm assuming that most of you guys who listen to this podcast know already. In Alabama, they recently passed a law 
that prohibits abortion. Abortion is now a felony crime in Alabama. It was passed by the Senate. Governor Kay also signed the bill. They're going to send it up to Congress, to the Supreme Court, to see if it can get it passed. Even when Governor Kay of Alabama, who was the governor of Alabama, even when she signed the bill, she said that it's probably an enforceable law, but at the same time, you know, it is what it is. Um, this law that prohibits that makes abortion a felony also makes it you can't get an abortion even if the even if said egg even if said child growing in your stomach was conceived by act of rape by act of incest and the third act i forgot but it's usually about it when we talk about these exceptions to, to, uh, to abortion needless to say the whole world is an uproar about this um a lot of different camps, a lot of different sides, a lot of a lot of different communities feel a certain type of way about this. I've had conversations with people in my workspace. I've had conversations with people on the street who feel who live on other on, on either side who 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 dwell on other side on either side of the fence when it comes to this issue. I've met some people. I met quite a few people who hate abortion, who are pro life, and say that you know they just don't want to kill babies. They don't believe in infant side, and they feel like that's a terrible thing. I feel like there's some people who are like myself, who are, I guess, like, quote unquote, pro-choice, who believe in abortion, feel like women should have the right to do whatever they want to do with their bodies, and they shouldn't be forced to conceive a child to bring a child in this world that they might not want or might not be prepared to, not, might not be prepared to, to uh, carry. And even then, I mean, I've always been, I'm pro-abortion. I'm for abortion. And I understand the logic coming from the other side, particularly the right, where you do not want abortion because in your eyes, it's killing kids. In your eyes, it's infanticide. And truth be told, you're probably right. In your eyes, it's infanticide. In your eyes, it's killing kids. You know, I can understand why you would think that would be wrong. I, despite that, I'm still pro-abortion. I'm, I mean, sorry, I'm still pro-choice. I do believe that if Catherine, if Denisha, if Deja wants to get an abortion because they're not ready to bring a child in the world, they're not in a financial position to bear this child, might be homeless, might be living on the street, or might be working two jobs trying to pay the way for school, and they just might have made a mistake, whatever, whatnot, something just happens, it is what it is. I'm for them saying, you know, I just can't bring a child in this world and take care of it. The worst thing, I I don't want to force women to bring kids in this world where they either don't want I don't want. I don't want to have a live in a world where if we have the option to stop it, we're forcing women to bring kids into this world that they do not want to care for, or are not in the ability to care for. When my mother got pregnant with me, she always tells me this. Always tells me this story. You know, it was kind of un, unwarranted. It was kind of unwarranted. She did not see it coming. Did not see it coming. But at the same time, she wanted me to be here. She wanted me to be here. She had her own place. She had her own job. She was going to school. And she looked at it like, I'm in a comfortable enough position to bring a boy into this world, boy or girl into this world and provide for him. So she made a conscious decision to say, you know what? If I'm going to have this baby, I'm going to work hard as hell to prepare for it. I'm going to do what I got to do to make it work. I'm going to do what I got to do to make it work. That was her decision. And abortions were existent were in existence at that time and legal in the state of California. So she could have she could have got rid of my she could have got rid of me. 
and waited to wait to four or five years down the line when she met her future white boyfriend, who I remember very clearly, and had a kid with him. Would have had some little light skinned baby named Todd. You know, she could, she could have waited, but um, I don't know. I'm just pro choice when it comes to that. You know, um, you know, I um, there's not really much in depth. I wish I had some more women to have on this podcast to have a conversation about this, but I wish I had a woman who was pro-choice and a woman who was pro-life to have a conversation with about this. A reoccurring, a reoccurring, um, a reoccurring criticism I saw on Twitter was everybody was talking about how the people, excuse me, all the people who voted yes on the bill to prohibit abortion in Alabama. They were all white, older white males. Everybody who voted no were uh, black people and women, but it was all white males. And there was this whole conversation happening on Twitter where it was like, see, it's just a bunch of group of old A-word white men making decisions for women's bodies. And I felt like that conversation kind of lost its fire, lost its value because the governor of Alabama who signed the bill to okay passing it up to the Supreme Court and seeing what they're thinking about was actually a woman. Uh, the, the, gov- the governor of Alabama is actually a woman. Let me just add also onto this that I used to inhabit, I used to live in the state that is known, the underprivileged state that is known as Alabama. And I will tell you, they are pretty backwards on times. I can tell you, I remember being there and they actually still having race rights in between uh, predominantly black high schools and predominantly white high schools. So let me just tell you, they're a little bit, Alabama's a little bit um, on the, on the, on the, we're going to say they're on the, um, they pretty much riding in the trunk when it comes to progressive thought. Yeah, but be for real with you, like they're not really that progressive when it comes to things like that. And truth be told, I don't really see a person's opinion on abortion as being an. A, a, I don't see an. I don't see the person's opinion on abortion being okay or not okay as a sign of how progressive they are. Because I think it's more of just a morality, a morality issue. Where you feel your morality is at on, on something like that. And like I said, like. I, 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 like I said, to the people who are against abortion, I understand because on a primal level, on an understandable ground level, they just don't want to kill kids. It's not that hard. To, it's not that hard to conceive why you would come to that to that conclusion. You just do not want to slaughter. You just do not want to kill kids. It makes sense. I just am on the pro-choice side just because I don't know. I just I feel I feel like that should be an option. I don't, I just feel like I'm gonna keep saying the same thing. I just don't like it where you're forcing women to bring kids into this world that they're either not apt to take care of or that they just will not even want to take care of. Like, you're, I don't know. It's just, I just, it is what it is. That's just my personal opinion. And I really don't have much more to say about that. I could be wrong. I could be right. I couldn't. Ha- I could probably not know. Not know what the heck I'm talking about. And you could. You probably could be looking at me, thinking, you know, listen to me right now, thinking, this boy knows nothing of what he's talking about. I don't want to hear this boy speak. And you know, it makes sense. Um, now moving on from that. Shout out to Jamila Jamil. Shout out to Charlemagne the God. Very very talented radio host. Jamila Jamil is actual actually a very talented radio host and an actress and a TV presenter. She pretty much has success in career covered. You know, so shout out to Jamila Jamil. She's a beautiful mocha skinned East Indian in origin woman who's five eleven. She is just perfect to just bear my child and ride with me on the waves of success and successful. Uh, le, le, Jamila Jamil, can you be be my Beyonce and I be your Jay Z except a cuter version? Um. Charlamagne the God is doing this um, 
it's like a mini talk show, like a mini talk show on Emerging Hollywood on the Hollywood Reporter. It comes out on YouTube. I don't know if it comes out on the TV too. I guess. And um, Charlemagne had a conversation with Jamila Jamil. He had a very, we'll say, extensive conversation with Jamila Jamil, just talking about wokeness, talking about cancel culture, talking about um, feminism. How had a very one thing I like about Jamila Jamil is I like how she. She's not just all the way on the left. Let's just go destroy all of Vietnam. Like she really, she really can see the both sides on certain issues. Like I like, I like her opinion. I like her opinion on feminism. I like her opinion on wokeness. I like her opinion on cancel culture. The reason why I brought up their interview was because at a certain point in the interview, shout out to Charlamagne the God. I've been trying to get on this podcast called Brilliant Idiots for quite some time, quite some time, at least two and a half years of having my own podcast. I have sent many submission after submission after submission trying to get on this man's podcast, but he fails to answer me. But it matters not because it is, it is okay. I am fine. I am composed. I shall live. I shall breathe. It is okay. So, Jamila Jamil, she had a conversation with Charlamagne the God talking about the oppressive beauty standard that exists in the entertainment industry. How there's a certain there's a certain expectation for you to meet this look, to be this size, to have these size hips and have these size lips and have your titties like this and your ass like this. Like she talked about that. She went in depth about that. And she had this really just you know, she shared her own experiences about growing up being anorexic because, you know, she wanted to look like the, all the models and all the beautiful women that she saw on TV, all the beautiful women that she saw in the Disney movies. Shout out to Princess Odefinus, one princess. I really do think she's an underrated princess. Um, you know, she's just talking about how women faces this, uh, this standard to just be to meet a certain level of beauty that might be impossible. Jamila Jamil actually went viral some time ago because she did this Twitter post, a few Twitter posts. Where she called out Khloe Kardashian and Cardi B and Kim, I want to say Kim, I want to say Kim Kardashian too, but I know for a fact she called out Cardi and Khloe because they do these posts. I don't know if you guys, for those of you guys who are really in depthly familiar with Instagram, like at least three fourths of the world is. There's literally people starving in villages in South America who probably have Instagram on their on their on their tree tablet and. <laughs> She talked about how she doesn't like how you have all these celebrities that are selling this this tea t- uh, tummy tea or tea tummy t- tea whatever this damn thing is that women that women are taking online and saying that it makes them lose like thirteen inches off their waist like in two and a half hours or something something obscene like absurd like that and she was saying how that's deceptive and that's that's deceptive and that's just immoral for you to put these posts out there online and make money off these products deceiving these young girls thinking that they can do that i said if you're gonna she was saying like if you're gonna put the photos up with the teeth with the tummy tea then why don't you tag the names of the people of the uh of the liposuction doctors that you have or the people who do liposuction or people who do botox for you why don't you talk about those too because you have all these young girls who are growing up on growing up looking at these people on their phones and wanting to look like them and they're not knowing that it's all fake and truth be told let me just say this i'm insert my personal opinion let me get to my opinion about this she is actually right because you do see a lot of girls out there, these young 13, 14, 15, 12 year olds, when you talk to them, they are looking at these girls on Instagram, on Snapchat, on Twitter, on YouTube, all these girls who have these uh, bodies and filled with, with, uh, with soft plastic and, and filled with uh, fucking whatever, they, whatever uh, cake cement, whatever you put in your booty to make it look like Nicki Minaj's. 
they are looking at these women and thinking, oh my God, why I don't look like that. They're going through puberty right now. I'm thinking that they have to look like that, even though they know they some of them, some of them might know that the bodies are fake, that the bodies are uh, <laughs> that these bodies are, are crafted. These are <laughs> these are craft cheese asses. They are looking and they are looking going through puberty right now with the expectation of of wanting to look like that. And reality is not everybody does. Not everybody does. No. And I guess the conversation I want to have with you today was just talking about beauty standards and you know, just the conversation about just how we grow up. I wanted to have a conversation, in other words, about meeting certain beauty standards and the struggles we go to to meet certain beauty standards, not just men. I mean, sorry, not just women, but men as well, but my gender as well. We shall be included in this conversation because the general the general perception of the general perception in the entertainment industry particularly general perception society is men put all the pressure on women to be beautiful to be in shape to have hips to have pretty feet to have uh nice teeth to have all this and men don't care about nothing i will add that there is less of a standard there is less less of a harsher standard on men to be beautiful as women is but i will also add that there is more of a harsher standard on men to be powerful, to be affluent, to make money, to actually own some shit, to actually have a credit score over 800 than it is than it is for women, than it is for women as well. So it kind of goes both ways. A beauty, like I always make sure to, hold on, hold on, saw, saw a bug in here, uh, hold on real quick, hold on. Okay, hold on. All right, back. <clears throat> See where? So there is, there is something like that, but let's just stay with the beauty standards. Let me just speak from my own personal belief about this. Contrary to popular opinion, there are oppressive standards of beauty imposed on men. Maybe my own or a little bit different because I guess, you know, I'm an emotional guy. I was always sensitive. Like growing up, I was always scared I was going to be short. I was always scared I was going to be vertically challenged. I was always scared that I was going to have my father's height, my biological father's height. My biological father is all of five foot seven and one and a half inches. And I was scared that I was going to inherit that. Um, I remember the day because I had never met him until I was like 19. But when I was 13, I asked my mom. Because around that age, that's from kids, you know, some kids are getting taller than you. I'm starting to notice boys is getting taller than me, like little boys is. They, they, you know, they shoulders are starting to pass my ears now. And I'm like, you know, what, what's going on? I'm going to ask my mom. I was like, hey, mama. um, uh, Hey, mama. Hey, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, how, how, how tall how, how tall was daddy? Oh, your daddy? Your dad was probably all about five, seven, five, seven and a half. What? And I, that, that, I was, I was so scared. And, she, and my, my mama then said, Okay, so, you know, and actually, yeah, I think you're about to be five seven because the doctor, one of the doctors, two, two different doctors, she told me one said I was going to be five seven, the other one said I was going to be five nine. Now, just to add context and let you know how you cannot trust American doctors or signs in general, I'm six foot one today. But the point is, well, technically, I'm six two. Well, I'm six one and a half. Like I'm like a like a half inch over six one. But I did not know. I didn't know this was coming. So. I literally was, I freaked out. Like, I because I, my whole life I always was told the girls like tall girls, girls like guys 
who are at least six feet or higher, who are at least they they're not checking for no dude who's five seven or five six or five five. So my dude, I prayed every single. I look like this is no joke. From the age of from thirteen years of age, thirteen years of consciousness. Watching Teen Titans and watching Young Justice. I watched a lot of good programming in those years, but from 13 years of age to 19, I prayed every single night that God would make me taller. I prayed every single night. I'm not even joking to you. Every single night. Now, thank God it happened. So there might be something to this faithful prayer, faithful, this prayer thing. I ain't gonna, might be something to this Christianity thing. Let me just tell you, but I prayed every single night. But that was something that I was very insecure about. Like, I'm joking right now. We laughing and joking right now. But that was something I was very insecure about. I was scared that I wouldn't meet a standard of beauty that most women were expressing to me even in high school. Like, they want a tall guy. They want somebody who's tall. There was a time, like, I'm tall now. But there was a time where I didn't possess that. Um, I didn't possess that, um, that advantage. Like, when it came to the sexual selection game. Like, there was a time where I was shorter than most girls and shorter than most guys. And... Guys would tease me about it. Call me Little Joe. Call me Midget. You know. And so. I can say from that. From that personal experience. There was a fear of. If I am short. Girls aren't going to like me. There was a fear of. If I'm if, if I'm if I'm short. Girls aren't going to like me. I'm not going to get a wife. I'm not going to be able to date anybody. Nobody's going to be attracted to me. And. I can't equate, I'm not going to say that's the same as a 13 or 14 year old girl going through puberty right now thinking that if my breasts don't develop to the same size of a Bernice Burgos or as a Cardi B or even as a Rosa Costa who all have plastic gel in, 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 injected in their titties. I can't say it's on the same level of insecurity that they're probably feeling every single day when they check on the Instagram and check their IG feeds. But I can say that I know how that feels to feel like there's a beauty standard out there that you can't meet. You know, even like I always tell you guys, like when I was growing up, I didn't before I hit puberty, before the rest of me developed, I didn't have a lot of females checking for me. You know, it was a process. You know, there was a phase where I was one like girls aren't going to like me because I look like this. Girls aren't going to like me because I'm not tall enough. Girls aren't going to girls aren't going to like me because I'm dark skinned. Girls aren't going to like me because my lips is too big because I'm my, my teeth are too ugly. So. My saving grace and all of that, because I'm a tell, I can we can have a whole conversation about how, how about how insecure I was. My saving grace for all that, and this is where I kind of goes. We have a conversation about beauty standards because reality is, if you're living in the United States, there's going to be a. This is a predominantly white country. Thank God we live in a day and age where Hollywood and television they see. They see the, um, the they see the cachet the cash cachet that can be that can be made from investing in films with black faces as the leads or TV shows with black faces as the leads or songs with black art with black voices behind them. But reality is this is a predominantly white country, and so the standard of beauty, the standard of, of even the standard of um, about the standard of carrying yourself or standard of whatever expectation, it's gonna be white sometimes. It's gonna be Eurocentric. It's going to be a white woman. It's going to be it is what it is. It's going to be the white guy. It's going to be the lighter skin. It's going to be the blonde hair. It's going to be blue eyes. To a certain extent, that won't change for a lot. That won't change a lot. I think how you operate, how you go against that, me personally, is when you try to be the best you that you can be. 
even if you take yourself out of the white world, even when you come into your own race world, there are some there are probably expectations or beauty standards in your own culture and your own subset that you probably don't that you probably can't meet. In my culture, being African American, African American male, the highest the beauty the standard of beauty in my culture is to be light skinned with green eyes. It's to be light skinned with green eyes and have curly hair. That is the highest standard of beauty in my culture, generally speaking, for African Americans. That's the highest standard. And I obviously am in all in, in I am in all opposites of that. It is what it is. And that was that was insecurity I dealt with. How I got over that, and not to toot my own horn, was when I went through puberty and when I got taller and when I got all my features developed and when my cheekbones came in and when my jawline came in and when my lips kind of evened out a little bit better and I started taking care of myself. I started figure, figuring out like how to kind of create my own swag. And when I started hearing women say all the time, like repeatedly, Oh, even now, like you're so cute, you're so beautiful. Like girls, like like it happens even now. Like it is, it's very, it's very rare. I go four to five days. It's where it's where I go about five, about a week or so without a girl saying how gorgeous I am or how attractive I am, how beautiful I am, just at random. And in the beginning, when that first started happening, that changed the way I viewed myself, even viewed having to meet the beauty standard of my culture because I was like, you know what? Even though I'm not light-skinned with green eyes, even though I don't have curly hair, women are really calling me gorgeous. Women are really stopping me in the streets and saying how hella fine I am. Women are really saying I look like an actor. Women are really saying I should be a model. They're all saying this about me. And I'm far from the expected beauty standard of my own culture. Of my own culture. I, I, even if you step outside my culture, I don't look like Brad Pitt. I don't look like Johnny Depp. I, even in my own culture, I don't look like Michael Ely. I don't look like Jesse Williams, but... People still think me beautiful. Still, People still think me. I think the overall goal I could tell anybody is you have to be the best you that you can be. And I sometimes I really don't know what that can be sometimes. You know, for some people, the best shit for Sammy Davis Jr. is uh, a bleach, bleach skin butt over there looking like a, uh, like a bottle of spilled vanilla. His idea, for those who don't know who Sammy Davis Jr. is, not Sammy Davis Jr., um, I think his name's Sammy Sosa. Sammy Sosa. Google him and see see his before and after picture. Picture. This boy looked like brown sugar versus white sugar. Like it is just crazy. But in his eyes and his mind, he probably thinks he looks better as Michael is is Michael Jackson point five point two better than he did as his normal version. You know, in his mind, he probably thinks he looks better like that. You know, it's the same thing. You Michael Jackson is a good example. I, I'm pretty sure Michael Jack. I don't even know if Michael Jackson had vitiligo, but I will tell you, vitiligo usually starts when you're younger as a child, and it's usually very, 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 very progressive and fast. I really do think Michael Jackson wanted to look white. I really think he wanted to be beautiful. In his eyes, he wanted to be the, the picture of Eurocentric beauty. And I'm going to tell you something. In his mind, in his world, in his understanding, when he woke up every single morning, brushed his teeth, sung hee-hee songs, and looked at himself in the mirror... He probably really thought, damn, Michael Jackson, as a bleached ghost-like looking figure, you look way more better than you did with the beautiful features that God gave you already. Like, you know, in his mind, he probably thought he looked beautiful. And we all looked at him like, bro, you look crazy. You look like you should be in Scary House 3, 4, 5, and 6, and any other continuations of scary films that are made in mockery of the past ones. Like, it's and it, that's just being real. Um, I think more or less it's about acceptance of yourself, you know. And sometimes I don't know what that acceptance is. The acceptance to me, honestly, is just, you know, working out, being in good shape, taking care of yourself, personal hygiene, you know, just the, just the basics, you know, and you, and you know, it is what it is. 
I think what hurts us a lot of times is when we try to is when we try to meet these standards or try to be like this this image of beauty, this image of perfection that's unrealistic for me. Like like I said, I can't even 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 when it comes to height. I'm six one, but I would love to be six five or love to be six six. But reality is, I can't do that. Even even on even on a practical level, I'm not gonna go go out of my way to purchase five inch uh, high platforms to be in the club trying to hit the dab like that. Like I'm not doing that. I don't even know if anybody hits the dab anymore. So it is something to be said about that. How I find this, like I said, I just find comfort in myself. I find comfort in the fact that women think think I'm beautiful and think I'm gorgeous just the way I am with this pitch black skin and these big ass lips and these big ass cheekbones and these heavy ass thick uh, uh caterpillar eyebrows. Like I, I take I, I take I take comfort in the fact that women find me gorgeous just the way I am. And I think you should this it's the same with you, you know. For all those people out there who are artists, who are actresses the greatest gift you can be the greatest the greatest thing that you can display regardless of how you look is perfect total zen comfort and unbotheredness in just being you and just appearing as how you are and that's just my personal opinion and how you reach that zen i don't know how you can reach that zen because we all have different paths for some of us it was getting a membership at 24 hour fitness and going seven to six days throughout the week trying to get sexy so your ex can understand that he really that he or she really did lose a jewel. He or she really did use a lose a gold. For some of you, it might be being three hundred pounds overweight and you just saying, you know what, I'm gonna accept my fatness like Rick Ross and walk outside with tattoos on my big belly, looking like a big like looking like a big black elephant seal. But somehow, somewhere, women still are willing to lay in bed with me at odd hours of the night, you know? You know, some of you some of you guys you have that. Um, I guess we kind of all reach that perfect zen, that confidence zen in a different way. You know, it, it's just it just is what it is. But with that being said, much love and peace and chicken grease. I'm leaving the podcast. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for being part of the family. Thank you for being part of the mob. I shall convene with you. I shall meet with you at another odd hour, probably tomorrow, because tomorrow is a Thursday. Might be a throwback Thursday, so I might throw I might do a throwback episode from the time back in my day where maybe I wasn't so confident. But anyway, much love and peace and degrees. I'm going to watch Sazam tonight. Thank you.